0: for free shipping and 365 day returns. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust Oleum's new Custom Spray 5 in 1 gives you control with five different spray patterns, so you can tackle nooks, crannies,
1: Alone in the RV. My girlfriend and I spent the better part of last year in an RV. It was pretty dope until the fun came to an abrupt end. We were driving along the 15 in Utah, in this stretch of highway that has about 70 or 80 miles between rest stops. We had stopped in the desert a few times before, and we were low on gas, so I was trying to spot a good place to veer off. I searched too long and the RV ended up running out of gas so I pulled off into the desert. I had a spare can in the back so it wasn't a problem. The momentum of the RV took us maybe a 100 yards away from the highway. We came to a stop, drank a few beers, and decided it was as good a place as any to call it a night. My girlfriend fell asleep when night fell so I decided to use my little book lamp to get some reading done. A few chapters in I started hearing something besides the wind from outside of the RV. It was a jingling sound like keys. It was getting closer. I sat straight up and my heart started racing. I listened very carefully and then heard it right outside of my window. There was breathing, maybe two feet away from where I was laying. Panting actually, it sounded like a dog. I tried to reason for a second on why a dog would be out here. Maybe it was hungry. I heard it chewing on something outside. I inched my way up to the window to take a look. In the moonlight, I saw a brown and tattered dog with its head twisted sideways. He was chewing on my tire. I stared for another second, and my head grazed the window. The dog heard it and turned his head up and looked straight at me, right in my eyes. It had this really discerning look of intelligence on its face, and it was grinning. Then he took off running into the desert. I almost shit my pants. I suddenly felt very vulnerable in my little RV. What the hell was that dog doing out here? I then also remembered that I had decided to wait until the morning to put more gas in the tank. F that. I sat motionless in bed for maybe a minute or two frozen. Then I felt a surge of momentum and I got up, put on my pants and grabbed the bat and gas can with one hand. I opened the door with the other, and I charged for the tank scanning the horizon with my eyes and ears. I put the gas can down, opened up the tank, tilted the gas can in, and then waited. I remember this being the worst. Now that I had to wait for the can to empty, my mind started drifting again. I realized how cold and windy and quiet it was in the desert. I couldn't help but wonder what was out there in that jagged, unforgiving landscape. I wished that i had bought a gun then i thought i heard something on the other side of the rv just faintest sound i bent down a little to look under the rv and i saw a children's book on the other side nestled in the sand something about table manners with a kid on the front about to eat it was near where i had put my chair to watch the sunset a few hours before but i would have noticed it then i dropped that gas can and ran i threw open the door and in a flash, I was in the driver's seat turning on the engine. As it started up, I turned to see my girlfriend wake up in the bed at the back of the RV. Sorry baby, we've got to go, I said. She looked at me and asked, why? But then something caught her eye to my right. I saw her face peel back in a terrifying scream. I turned and saw the door had been thrown open again, and there was a man stepping into the RV. He was already looking at me and smiling. He had these awful jangled and blackened teeth. I remember now that he also had what I can only describe as a very old bib on. It had some crusty dark maroon and brown stains on it. I slammed the gas and the RV lurched forward, throwing him out the door. I then proceeded to jam it to the highway. My girlfriend had fainted and I just drove for an hour or so in silence. She finally woke up. To this day, I let her believe that that horrible man in the RV was just a nightmare. I have never gone camping or out into the woods at night after this trip. A few friends and I had a long weekend five days off from school, and we decided to go camping in the North Georgia mountains. We packed a big ten-person tent. There were five of us, two guys, three girls, and loaded up my buddy's truck. He and I had some experience being outdoors, camping, hiking, or hunting, and he's an army vet so we packed really well and had all sorts of amenities like a propane stove or grill, fold-up cots, portable shower. We were in it for the whole weekend. We left Wednesday afternoon and parked the truck in a small town and started hiking into the woods to find a spot. It was a fairly normal hike until we got about 4-5 or miles in. The first time we noticed something strange was when we came into a little clearing in the woods with a big pond or tiny lake in it. We stepped into the open area and everything stopped. No birds chirping, no squirrels running around, even the clouds and wind seemed to stop moving. My buddy and I both thought, Well shit, there's gotta be a predator nearby and took out our handguns, it's the law in Kennesaw, just in case. I've never seen a bear in Georgia, so we figured it was a mountain lion, or maybe some coyotes. My friend and I were looking around the edge of the clearing, and he grabbed me. He nodded across the water, and when I looked I saw what seemed to be a woman standing just at the tree line. She was maybe 150 yards away. We assumed she must live somewhere nearby, and so we continued walking past the water and clearing. As we headed back into the woods, I looked over my shoulder at where she was standing, but she was gone. The sounds of the forest returned once we got into the trees. We made a campsite about two miles past that as it was getting late and we didn't want to be stuck building camp in the dark, we got everything unpacked and set up and built a fire, popped a couple beers and sat down to hang out. There was a girl I was interested in on the trip, and we had been flirting so after a few beers and the sun was down, we snuck away from the fire under the pretense that she wanted help setting up part of the tent. We started fooling around, and after a few minutes she stopped and looked at me funny. I asked what was wrong, and she said, nothing, it just got really quiet. We both quickly dressed and headed back outside to the fire. The others hadn't noticed anything strange and didn't mention anything wrong, except joking with us that it took us a long time to fix the tent. On the first morning, we found that the propane stove had been turned on, but not ignited and had gone empty overnight. None of us had used it. The second morning, we noticed some things had gone missing. A lantern we left outside by the fire was gone, my crush's sweatshirt she left on a little folding chair or stool. We figured we just misplaced things or someone had used them and put them somewhere else. During the second full day Friday, we were looking for a waterfall that we read online was in the area. We were following the river upstream when everything went silent again. My buddy nudged me while we were walking and indicated up to the top of a hill next to the river. I looked up through the trees and was just able to make out the figure of the same woman. Same clothes and all. Just standing. I couldn't tell if she was looking at us or not, but she was just standing there. My buddy told the girls he thought he saw a mountain lion following us and was going to go scare it off. He hustled up the hill making a lot of noise and came back about 10 minutes later. He said he scared it off to the girls, but told me aside that the woman wasn't there when he got up there. We found the waterfall and put it out of our minds as the girls decided to skinny dip in the river and titties can solve anything. We hiked back to camp and found it a mess. It wasn't totally trashed, but it was clear something had gotten into our stuff. We told the girls it was probably raccoons. We both took our guns to bed with us. That night shit went sideways. I remember waking up because my crush was squeezing my arm. We had been sleeping cuddled up together. I opened my eyes and she hushed me before I could ask what was wrong. There was complete silence all around the tent. I looked across the tent and my buddy was sitting halfway up looking around. We both stayed awake for the next two-ish hours until the sun started coming up and then packed our stuff and we all headed out. The entire hike back into town was eerily silent. There were a couple points I thought I saw the woman through the trees but never got a clear sight of her. We avoided the lake completely and got back to the truck in what seemed like half the time it took to get out to the camp. After we were safely on the road back home, the girls and my buddy all started to tell everyone about moments they thought they heard or saw the woman all weekend, but were too freaked out to mention it out loud like she would go away if we ignored her. The wild part was none of us could describe her face, it's almost like it was blurry. No idea who she was, but I've never been camping or hiking at night since. My best friend and I both female went to go camping to France when we were sixteen. We bought a ticket for the train we live in Germany, and since we didn't have a lot of money we figured we'd just find spots somewhere to camp in the wild since we did this at home all the time we grew up in a really really rural area so off we went, slept a few nights at train stations or guarded beach bars very nice people helping us out until we reached a smaller town right by the Mediterranean. We set up our tent on the beach, and a storm was coming in. We tied the tent to some concrete pillars for garbage cans so it wouldn't fly into the ocean. There was an older guy watching us while he was fishing. He waved at us, and we waved back. Didn't think anything of this. Went to go to sleep at 9 or 10, while the storm got stronger and stronger. In the middle of the night, my best friend woke me up by quietly poking me. She whispered, there is someone outside the tent, touching me through the fabric. We both sat up, took our knives out, and just froze. There was someone poking through the tent and brushing against it. After a minute, I said, duck it, we'll open the door or zipper. Guess who was outside? That fishing guy. He tried to tell us that there were apparently rats eating the food we left in our pot outside, that's why he wanted to wake us up. We asked him why he's still there in the middle of the night, It was like 2 in the morning by then. He said he's meeting his friends to go night fishing. It was storming and raining at this point, so that was a fat lie we lied to him and told him our parents are at a hotel in town, so he thinks we were going to be missed when he kills us. We untied the tent from the concrete and started packing up our shit. We just wanted to get away there. He didn't try to touch us, he just watched us and told us his friends were going to be there soon. So we hurried up, and the tent got ripped away by the wind and flew into the ocean. So there we were, two 16-year-old girls, no tent, almost no money, and some creepy guy on a lonely beach in the rainstorm. We just packed the rest and bolted. He didn't follow us, and his friends never showed up. We found a spot in the town surrounded by walls, like a little patio, so we stayed there until the night was over. Tried to find a hostel the next day, couldn't find it, took the next train home. Duck this. We wanted to stay for two weeks, made it to four days, and I had my period. It was the holidays of my dreams. At the beginning of September 2014, my husband and I, along with our 26-year-old son and his pit bull, were camping in the Laurentian Mountains in Quebec at a campground called Camping Lausanne. It is close to a national park, I knew there were a few reports of Bigfoot sightings in the national park nearby. We had been camping in our 32-foot Winnebago there for two days, and everything was going well. It was a weekday, and there weren't many other campers on the grounds. Before bed around midnight, my husband had to use the bathroom, and instead of using the camper bathroom, he went to the public bathroom. He was gone for at least half an hour to 45 minutes. I started to worry about him, but I didn't go looking for him. It was quite dark. I asked him not to wander around at that hour in the dark of the countryside. He had stopped to smoke a cigarette outside the campsite washroom, then slowly made his way back to the camper. He got back at about 12.30am. At about 1am everyone was sleeping, and I was in bed reading. Out of nowhere, there was a loud thump on the side of the camper. The thump was very loud and it hit right beside the window on my side of the bed. The camper rocked like it was pushed, it rocked three times and stopped. It scared the hell out of me. No one woke up, and the dog didn't bark. I quickly woke my husband and whispered to him what had happened. My heart was pounding from fear. He's a hard sleeper, so he said he didn't feel a thing. The window is about eight feet above the ground. Whatever hit the side was tall and strong enough to rock the whole camper. I turned out the light so I could see outside. Slipping the curtain aside carefully, I looked out the window and saw nothing. My husband said it was probably the wind. But there was no wind at all, and it was quiet. It was completely dead air. He then said it was probably a raccoon. If it were a raccoon... I'd have heard it rustling around and how would have reached up beside the window to bang on the outside wall. I'm not stupid and have camped my whole life coming across many raccoons in my time as well as deer and fox and once even a bear. My husband went back to sleep after checking things and looking outside the door and the windows. There was nothing there and he admitted there was no wind at all and it was dead still air that night. Approximately 20 minutes later, There was another hard loud punch or bang on the winnebago outside wall again in the same area about eight to nine feet off the ground and it actually rocked the camper and my husband sat up in shock and it kept rocking the camper probably about ten times my husband asked why is it not stopping and then it stopped i don't think i've ever seen my husband scared like he was that night he wouldn't even open the camper door to inspect outside and he closed off all of the lights. He admitted that it wasn't the wind. Then he said it could have been a raccoon, but how could it reach the window, and why would it bang on the camper like that? We talked and rationalized for a while. After another hour of waiting to see if it would happen again, we went to sleep. We couldn't figure out why there were no sounds of hooves, if it were a deer breaths and snorts from a bear, or rustling from a raccoon foraging around for food. It was dead silent, no footstep sounds, no rustling grass or leaves, no foraging noises, nothing. Then we thought, why didn't the dog bark? I kept listening and listening because we had the window open since it was pretty hot out, but we decided to close them in case it was dangerous. We thought it could have been people trying to scare us, prank us, or rob us, so we locked everything and closed the windows and blinds. We didn't have any more occurrences that night, we stayed for two more nights. Nothing like this had happened again, it was just that one night. The next morning, we were telling our son, and I texted my brother, who is an avid Bigfoot researcher. He had contacted Yulon, you gave him advice to give to us, which was basically to leave the campsite because all of these were classic signs of a possible Bigfoot encounter. We didn't leave, but the next morning I tried to reach the spot outside the Winnebago where it was banging and being rocked. I'm five foot four and I could not reach that height even on my tippy toes and with my arms outreached. So it was about eight or nine feet high. Then I tried to rock the camper the way it was being rocked and I realized I couldn't even budge it. So I asked my husband to give it a try. He couldn't do it either. It wouldn't budge. Whatever rocked the camper was very strong. Strong enough that while I was in bed my body was swaying back and forth like I was in a boat on wavy waters. So, I think that cancels out the possibility of it being another camper playing a trick or a raccoon. Still, if it were a deer, we'd have heard it trampling around a little, and a bear makes noise too, it was so quiet. Eerily quiet. When we discussed it again, the following afternoon my husband admitted that it was unusual, and it certainly wasn't the wind. I think that since he went to the bathroom so late at night, he could have been spotted by a Bigfoot and followed back to the campsite. It shook the camper to get us to come out and possibly abduct or harm us. We were both pretty shook up. We won't camp there again. I wanted to write to you earlier, but of course fear of being judged and not believed. We didn't tell anyone and left the campground feeling like we experienced something unusual and fearful, yet there wasn't much we could do about it. There were no tracks, and nothing was out of place the next morning, even though we had left things like dishes and our lantern, an ashtray on our campsite picnic table, and nothing was disturbed. I've lived in Appalachia for all but four years of my life, and I'm almost 22, and I have never experienced any of the creepy things people say about the Appalachian Mountains, until the story I'm about to tell you. So, toward the end of last year 2023, two of my friends and I had sort of simultaneous crises, which eventually led us to get rid of almost all of our belongings, quitting our jobs, leaving our apartments, and living out of our cars and traveling around the southeast U.S. Well, on our first night on our big trip, we went to stay with a friend of one of my travel mates. She lived in Tennessee in the Appalachian Mountains, The Smoky Mountains, specifically. She lived off a back road in the middle of the woods. The first night we were there, she had told us that there were strange occurrences on the property. The house was haunted, and there was something in the woods. She had told us that whatever is in the woods likes to hang out around her shed. She said that one night, she was walking up onto her porch when she got the overwhelming feeling of being watched. Becoming fed up with whatever it was, she screamed something along the lines of go away into the woods only for something to scream right back at her she claimed to have seen it one night from her kitchen window she said it was peeking around the shed staring at her it wasn't an animal but it wasn't human either out of curiosity i asked her to describe whatever creature she saw in more detail but she refused i being the skeptic that i am basically disregarded everything she said and forgot about it. Now, because it was our first night on the trip, and it was so fun and new to us, we wanted to sleep in our cars, which were parked right in front of the shed I mentioned earlier. Yes, that shed. We hadn't yet made window covers, so we were sleeping in three subs with uncovered windows completely surrounding us. But I had no issue with this. I thought the worst that could happen would be that I'd wake up with a bear staring at me. So, I went to bed peacefully and woke up in the middle of the night, really needing to urinate. I got half-dressed, put on my shoes, left my car, walked to the edge of the woods, did my business, got back in my car, and went to sleep. No uneasy feeling, no feeling of being watched, nothing. The next night, I once again woke up, really needing to relieve myself. So, just like I did the night before, I sat up in bed, put on my pants, got my shoes ready, and reached for the door handle. But I couldn't do it. It was like every hair on my body stood on end, and I got this overwhelming feeling of dread and foreboding. Now, I had a makeshift bed in the back of my SUV, on top of all the back seats that I flipped down. So I'm sitting there in my bed, looking around through all of my uncovered windows. I can't see anything outside, except for some faint outlines of trees and the glints off of my travel mate's cars. I neither saw nor heard anything that should be putting me on edge. I reached for the door handle again, but I once again got that terrible feeling. I continued to look around, tried to reach for the door, and withdrew my hand. I finally gave up and said screw it, and just went into an empty water bottle. The next morning, I got up and was talking to my travel mates, and one of them mentioned waking up in the middle of the night out of nowhere and experiencing an overwhelming feeling of being watched. She sat up in her makeshift bed and looked all around, only to see nothing. I can't lie, when she said that, I got a bit of a nod in my stomach. I asked her what time it was when that happened, and she estimated that it was around the same time I woke up around 3 a.m., I then told both of them about my experience, and we were all a little freaked out about it. When we were headed out to our cars the following night, we noticed that all of the homeowner's many outdoor cats were sitting on her front porch, which we hadn't seen the last two nights. Previously, they would all be scattered around the property, if they were even in sight. We thought it was weird, but we didn't think much of it. We all climbed into our cars and said our goodnights on our walkie-talkies. It was a pretty warm and muggy night for October, so we all had our battery-powered fans running. One of my friends frustratedly reported that her walkie was dying. Then, my other friend reported that their fan had died. Then my walkie started dying, and it continued until, in five minutes, all of our electronic camping gear walkies, flashlights, and fans had all died. Finding this incredibly creepy... We all decided that we should just sleep in the house to be better safe than sorry. We were gathering up our things to move inside when I began to hear what sounded like something large walking through the leaves in the woods. I kept stopping what I was doing and looking toward my friends, who were standing right by the woods. They seemed unbothered every time, so I would just continue what I was doing. That was when I heard a louder noise coming from the woods and finally decided to walk over to my friends. Turns out, one of them was standing watch, while the other one gathered the rest of her things. Me and my friend stood there watching my other friend's back, and it kept sounding like whatever was in the woods kept getting closer to us. Soon enough, my friend had gathered all her things, and we calmly, but quickly went into the house. From what I can remember, we slept in the house the following night as well, but the night after that, one of my friends borrowed some sage from the homeowner, and saged all along the wood line and around our vehicles before we got ready for bed. We slept perfectly fine for that night and every night after. No more weird feelings, noises, nothing. Of course, we were pretty much perpetually on edge from then on, but it was never quite the same feeling of dread and foreboding that I had felt before. To be honest, I don't know what to make of all of it. I know I didn't see anything, but the feeling I got was unlike anything I had ever experienced. That was the first and only time in my life where I have gotten that feeling, especially just out of nowhere. I've told the story a few times now, and I've had people tell me that it was just a bear. But I don't think a bear would give me that sort of instinctual feeling of danger when I can't even hear or see it, and I'm fully aware that I may be biased now, but I've lent a bit more credibility to the homeowner's stories after my experience. For those of you that are curious no, we are not still on the trip. Unfortunately, the whole thing went downhill after a couple of months, and we are now integrating back into society. We are, however, all still friends. And no, we did not experience anything like this again, despite staying at several campgrounds in the middle of the woods in other parts of the southeast. I live in Fargo, North Dakota, and the winters can get brutal here. My husband is a long-haul trucker, so I'm home by myself a lot. One Monday morning, I was outside shoveling snow from my front walkway. It was still snowing, but the snowblower was busted, and I wanted to get some of it out of the way. I worked on it for an hour or so, then decided to go inside and get a cup of coffee. I left the shovel on the front porch. After about 15 minutes, I headed towards the front door and back outside. It was then I noticed that the shovel was missing. I knew I had left it by the door. Then I looked up our driveway towards the street, it's very long, about 200 feet, and saw someone shoveling snow by the mailbox. I walked in that direction and saw footprints along the driveway, so I figured this person had my shovel. But why would they be shoveling out by the road? I got within 20 feet or so of this person and yelled, ''You have my shovel!'' They didn't answer. I could tell it was a teen girl with long blonde hair. She was dressed in a dark grey jacket and no hat or boots. I yelled again, ''What are you doing?'' The person looked up. I swear I almost fainted. The face was that of a teenage girl with alabaster white skin, but her eyes were completely black. She stared at me and didn't say a word. She dropped the shovel and continued to look at me. Then she said in a very soft voice, I need you to help me. I stood there dumbfounded, but I kind of felt sorry for her. I picked up the shovel and then asked her, What's the trouble? Again, she looked at me for several seconds, not uttering a word. She then said, Can I have the shovel? I said, You can use it when I'm finished. Is that okay? Then she said, Thank you and turned and walked down the street. I kept an eye on her as she walked past several residences without stopping eventually distant enough that I couldn't see her in the falling snow. This black-eyed girl never came back for the shovel, and I still have no idea why she was shoveling the entrance to my driveway. I told my husband about the incident, and he replied, I have heard talk about these black-eyed people. I didn't know they were here in Fargo. I asked where he had heard about this, and he said most of the incidents were in California. But there were a few more in other states, and that other truck drivers had encountered some. He also said he had never seen one. I thought it was an interesting story. I still wonder about her. I don't know what it is. I've lived in the same house for the last 18 years, and it's only gotten worse. I live in an old coal mining town, Allison Park, in Pennsylvania. I know my house is haunted, but I believe that to be beside the point. Something is stalking my family. The first encounter I had was in the early 2010s. I heard my name being called repeatedly from far away, and it sounded like my friend. Started walking towards home and turned because I felt I was being watched. I saw a dark, humanoid figure that was at least 7-8 feet tall. I ran home. Things were fairly quiet as far as I can remember up until the last few years. Recently, things have been amping up. It started as rustling in the woods and the feeling of being watched. Next came the deer. So many deer. There was one I recall seeing multiple times in the same spot for a few days on my way home that just didn't look right. The most recent encounters have left me researching what to do. Two nights ago, my mom saw a pale white face with glowing eyes pressed up against the front door. She said she froze in fear and didn't know what to do. Tonight, I got home after dark and walked toward my house. Seconds after I locked my car, I heard a blood-curdling scream come from the train tracks followed by a very calm voice yelling help me very loudly. I froze in fear for a solid 15 seconds just listening. I slowly walked up my porch steps just listening to two different voices screaming, one frantic and screeching, while the other was calm and just called out to help me. I yelled in the front door for my mom because the frantic voice sounded vaguely like my youngest sister, but I thought maybe she was messing around. When she came outside it grew quiet and the frantic voice had stopped. We heard help me one or two more times faintly than nothing. My sister was at a friend's house, and it wasn't her. We went to pick up dinner, and there were deer everywhere. Now, this isn't uncommon for Pia to see a ton of deer, but like I said before, these ones were weird. They stared right at you and didn't run from the car, even if they were in the middle of the road. Someone, please tell me what is going on. What are these things? My daughter and her friends had a sleep.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow-up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria algae body oil and Andaria collagen body lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's o s e a malibu.com code GLOW.
1: last night. Well, apparently one of the girls said she felt like something was watching her. Then I guess the other girls started feeling this sensation too. So my daughter goes over to the door and looks out and sees a dark figure hunched over at the bottom of our steps. She said it rose up and took a step forward like to come up the stairs. She was obviously very frightened and her and her four friends took cover in our tiny little bathroom. I wake up around 11.30pm and hear my dog barking and proceed to use the bathroom which I cannot get in because they are all huddled in there, which nobody said a word to me at the time, fearing I would be upset with them waking me up. I was told the story in the morning. Apparently, they heard knocks and scratching. This figure was tall, black, and had yellow eyes. Only other detail was it appeared to have claws. They claimed it was moving the blinds inside the house from outside the porch, and the porch light was going on and off. I don't know if this is just an overactive imagination of a bunch of 5th graders, but they seemed genuinely frightened. I did notice our grill on the front porch was moved about 6 inches because I could see the indent of where the wheel had sat before. We live in Allison Park, PA, about 9 miles from Pittsburgh. You're welcome to call for more info or email me. I'm not sure if anyone else has had a similar experiences, but would appreciate any information. I live in the Klamath Mountains in eastern Oregon, about 20 miles from the California border. Growing up, I spend a lot of time outside camping, hunting, fishing, etc. A few months ago, I had a strange experience on a family trip to our cabin near Crater Lake. I was by myself bird-watching at a small pond in the woods, maybe half a mile from the cabin in the late afternoon. I was sitting on a big log with binoculars. I wasn't in a blind or anything, but I picked a spot where I thought I'd be less visible to any animals. After about an hour, I hadn't seen much except a few common ducks, and it didn't seem like many animals were very active, so I was thinking about leaving. This was about an hour before sunset. Then I saw something move in the trees across the pond, probably a hundred feet away. It was just a flash between trees, and I didn't really get any kind of look at it. I kept watching the spot, and after maybe five minutes saw something dart from one tree to another. It was bigger than most any local bird, except maybe a heron and moved very fast, without making any noise, but I still didn't really know what I was looking at. This happened again a few minutes later, and then again a few minutes after that. Each time it was moving closer and closer to the pond, I don't think it knew I was there, ...but it was staying incredibly well hidden and only revealed itself for a split second at a time. At this point, I thought maybe it was a kit fox or a pine marten because of how fast and silently it moved. But I still hadn't got a good look at any part of it in detail. It moved between trees a few more times until it was behind a big dead tree right on the shore. I was staying as still and silent as possible but still worried it would see or more likely smell me and spook. But after a few more minutes, I saw something move at the edge of the water, a little arm and hand that looked just like humans reached out and touched the mud, and then the head and the other arm came into view as it leaned out to drink from the water. I could only see the head and shoulders and arms from where I was, but they looked so much like a person's, except it was too small and covered in what I took as grayish-brown fur. The face wasn't exactly human, more monkey-like, but it was too far away to see much detail. I decided to try lifting my binoculars to get a closer look, but as soon as I moved it looked up and then disappeared back behind the tree again. I watched until it started to get dark, but I didn't see it again, not even darting behind the trees. I went back to the cabin and told my grandpa what I saw. He's been a rancher in this area his whole life. He said. Sounds like you ran into a hide-behind and laughed. I said no grandpa seriously, this isn't a joke. He said he'd heard stories about Bigfoot and hide-behinds and several times saw little human footprints on hunting trips deep in the mountains where no children would be. I think he believed me, but he didn't really know anything. I asked my dad and brothers, but they just started giving me crap about squatching. I went back to the pond the next day and walked around to where the creature had been, but I didn't find any tracks or scat or fur or anything. I did figure it had to be probably about three and a half or four feet tall based on the trees I'd seen it near, but narrow enough to hide completely behind a ponderosa pine, which makes me think it must have been standing and moving upright. I wish I'd seen more of it, but that face and hands were absolutely not like any local animal. It looked very much like a monkey or furry little human. I've tried to find more info, but the only cryptid people seriously talk about in this area is Bigfoot. The hide behind seems like a joke. There may be little people or humanoids in some of the local Native American folklore, but I not a lot of detail I could find. I hope someone here has some ideas about what I might have seen. It was a very unique and memorable experience and any further information would be appreciated very much. I was up hunting on my way out to my blind before sunup, kept hearing footsteps behind me on the path that would stop when I did. I would stop every 15 yards or so how my dad taught me to walk through the woods in the morning to break up the sound a bit, and I would look around trying to see what I was hearing. Skip forward 20 minutes and I make it to my blind, zip up the door and sit down. Footsteps got super close so I made a fairly loud noise and I heard it run up the hill behind me and stop. Then I heard a series of different howls. Wolves. I had wolves stalking me at 4.30am. Terrifying. I and my mom traveled to Oxford, Ohio for a long weekend stay in a secluded cabin near Houston Woods State Park that forever changed our perception of reality. The owner had remodeled the cabin several months before. The cabin was built into the side of a hill with a garage constructed underneath. The cabin was equipped with a screen deck that from the outside looked as though it was off a second floor, but actually it was off the main floor of the residence. The deck held a table and chairs as well as a generously sized hot tub. The way the deck is lifted we had a beautiful view. I turned the jacuzzi on to get warmed up and ready for us to enjoy. I was in the hot tub while my mother was sitting at the table. My mom held her finger up and said, Do you hear that? I didn't hear anything over the bubbling water. Mom used her phone light to look around and didn't see anything in the dark of the night. A few minutes later I got out and dried off sitting at the table with my mom to drink some hot cocoa. Mom seemed a little anxious and was looking around nervously. I asked her what was wrong. She shook her head saying the forest sounds just kind of stopped. Oh my gosh, you're right, I replied as I realized I no longer heard the crickets and frogs chirping. After an hour or so we decided to go to bed. The next day we decided to explore the area around the cabin. And noticed the ground was damp from an overnight shower we walked about 100 feet or so away from the cabin and mom noticed two strange footprints having three toes she pointed it out to me they were a couple feet away from each other we spent another hour looking around and then headed back for lunch that night as we enjoyed the hot tub we heard a loud screeching scream come from somewhere outside the cabin I jumped up and turned out the light on the deck so we couldn't be seen and we would have a better view outside. Mom shut off the hot tub so we could hear better as well. Soon we heard branches breaking and other movements, but the strangest part was that the sounds were coming from the forest canopy, not from the ground. It sounded as if something heavy was climbing a tree not far from the cabin. We both stood back against the wall close to the door that goes inside. We could hear something really big but couldn't see anything as we were getting ready to go inside we saw a set of yellow glowing eyes looking at us from a branch level with a deck about 30 feet away we ran inside and slammed the door praying we were safe not sure if we should call someone we decided to sit inside after making sure the doors were all locked we stayed up for another hour and didn't hear anything else so we went to bed The next morning after breakfast we went outside to look around the cabin where we thought the noises were coming from. Other than a few large branches lying on the trail, we didn't see anything out of the ordinary. We decided to go on with our day and drove over to the lake after some more sightseeing and dinner. We went back to the cabin and went out to the deck and played cards over coffee. It was dusk so we could still see a fair distance. As we were talking, Mom noticed everything had gone quiet again. She asked me if I noticed the nature sounds had stopped. I listened and realized Mom was right. Soon the sound of branches breaking started again, and this time was moving closer to the cabin. Turning out the light and watching the trees as the noises got closer, we were shocked at what we saw. The branches were moving as if something large was on them, but it didn't look like anything was there but then we got a glimpse of what we had been hearing. In the trees was what looked like a large human shape, but it was nearly invisible. It looked like a moving heat wave shaped like a tall person. We watched in disbelief as the large entity moved through the trees. We didn't want to move so it wouldn't see us, not knowing its intentions. After a few minutes, it had moved away from our location. We waited a couple minutes after not hearing anything and stepped inside. We discussed leaving that night instead of in the morning, but it was getting late and once we packed everything up it would be dark, so we decided to stay till morning. We gathered all of our belongings so everything would be ready come morning and went to bed. I awoke to use the bathroom around 4am. As I was on my way back to bed, I heard what sounded like loud footsteps. Still being kind of groggy, I was trying to decipher where the sounds were coming from when I realized they were coming from the roof. I ran in and woke mom up whispering what I had heard. We sat on the couch quietly praying and talking until morning light when I peeked outside after not anything for some time. I saw nothing around so we quickly grabbed our belongings and put them into the car. As we were getting into the car, I saw a dirty three-toed print on the hood of the car. As I drove away, I looked toward the back of the cabin and saw the creature's yellow eyes staring back. I drove away as quickly as safely possible. I did some research once settled back in at home, trying to find some answers to what we had witnessed, and found several reports from around the S in state parks and other wooded areas of a similar being that had been dubbed the Glimmer Man, the title referring to the odd, nearly invisible quality of the creature. This was definitely a trip I would never forget. It was a chilly autumn evening when I had first won the gleaming galaxy tablet in a local contest. Excitement surged through me as I unwrapped the precious device, marveling at its sleek design and powerful features. But as time went on, I realized I didn't need it as much as someone else might. So, I decided to put it up for sale on Craigslist. A few days later, a woman named Rebecca reached out, explaining it was her daughter's birthday, and she was looking for a gift. She offered to pay the asking price without haggling, and we agreed to meet at a nearby coffee shop. Handing over the tablet, we exchanged pleasantries, and I wished her daughter a happy birthday. Months passed, and I had almost forgotten about the tablet sale. Then one evening, my phone rang, and I saw it was a call from an unknown number. I answered it, only to be met with an enraged voice on the other end. It was Rebecca, and her tone was anything but friendly. She demanded her money back, insisting that her daughter had carelessly broken the tablet. Stunned by the audacity of her request, I calmly explained that the sale had been final, and I couldn't be held responsible for any damage incurred after the transaction. Her anger escalated, and she began hurling insults, threatening legal action if I didn't comply with her demands. I hung up, thinking that would be the end of it, but it was just the beginning of a nightmare. Rebecca seemed to be consumed by a relentless obsession, and her anger quickly spilled onto social media. My Facebook page became a breeding ground for her vicious comments and unwarranted accusations. She dug through my photos, learned about my family, and began targeting them as well. I felt trapped in a digital horror show, unable to escape the relentless torment of this woman who had once been a mere customer. Every post I made, every photo I shared, was met with her malevolent comments, and her constant monitoring of my online activity sent shivers down my spine. My life had taken a dark turn, and I began to question whether it was worth the trouble. Then, one fateful afternoon, as I was out running errands, my phone pinged with a notification. It was a message from a neighbor, alerting me to a suspicious-looking woman lingering around my house. Panic seized me, and I rushed home, my heart pounding with fear. What I saw upon my return left me paralyzed with dread. Rebecca was standing on my doorstep, glaring at me with a wild and menacing look in her eyes. The once-friendly woman who had purchased the Galaxy Tablet now appeared unhinged and dangerous. Her presence at my doorstep sent a cold shiver down my spine as I realized just how far she had gone. I confronted her, demanding that she leave immediately, but she remained defiant. With a manic laugh, she accused me of ruining her daughter's birthday and ruining their lives. It was as though she had lost touch with reality. Spiraling into madness over a tablet. Panicked and fearing for my safety, I called the police. It was only with their intervention that Rebecca finally retreated, leaving my life in tatters. The nightmare didn't end with her arrest, though, as the experience had forever scarred me. I learned that the digital world, where transactions were made behind screens and usernames, could also be a breeding ground for obsession and torment. Even now, when I look at the Galaxy Tablet, I can't help but feel a lingering sense of unease. It serves as a chilling reminder of how a simple online sale can turn into a terrifying ordeal, leaving behind scars that may never fully heal. Woman was asking for some help with it-related things. She was a private investigator and needed some help figuring out those Wi-Fi cameras. It turns out they were for her father with Alzheimer's disease, so after I assisted her, I refused payment it was the right thing to do, and also she might have been a good contact later on. Few months go by, and she made a Facebook post about trying to find a home for a dog. I had lost my dog in a breakup a couple weeks beforehand. We discuss it, the dog was at her friend's house across the state. A friend and I make a seven-hour road trip across the state and get the dog. Had Flipper about a day before I got the text, so I've decided to give the dog to my friend. Um, what? She'll pick him up as soon as possible. You do realize I just drove across the state to get this dog. This went on for a while between herself, me, and the friend. Her friend was a real piece of work that I guess was being wishy-washy over taking the dog before I came into the picture. It was for the friend's father, who was in his mid-90s and didn't move much. I outright refused because damn it, I loved that dog. Then the mean text started coming. Pie lady, don't do this. We know your address. Don't mess with me. Friend, You're a loser and my dad can afford to care for the dog and lives in a nicer area. I'm an engineer and live in an alright neighborhood. Pie lady. This is pathetic. Get over your girlfriend and get a cat or something. And so on. I realized that I didn't have the mental fortitude to fight a potentially nasty battle against two bored, wealthy, mid-50 year old women. I told her that she needed to come get the dog that night. She argued but then showed up a couple hours later with what appeared to be a wicked wine buzz. She tried shoving a couple Benjamins into my hand when I opened the door. I pushed her hand away and put the dog on the ground and slammed the door in her face. Was incredibly satisfying. It was a brisk fall afternoon when my husband, and I set out to purchase a chaise lounge from a Facebook sale group. The seller, a woman who was moving to Florida, had posted the ad, and we quickly arranged for a pickup at her house. With the anticipation of a good deal, we drove to the seller's home, located in a quiet suburban neighborhood. Upon our arrival, we noticed the well maintained exterior of the house, adorned with colorful flowers and a white picket fence. It was a picturesque home, and we expected a straightforward transaction. The seller, whom we had corresponded with on Facebook, had assured us that the chaise lounge was in excellent condition. However, as we stepped out of our truck, we couldn't help but notice the unsettling absence of the wife. She had been our point of contact throughout the sale, but now she was nowhere to be found. Instead, the husband greeted us at the door, offering a polite but somewhat uneasy smile. He ushered us inside, and we followed him into the cozy living room, where the chaise lounge was placed. The room was dimly lit, and the atmosphere inside was strangely tense. Something felt off, and it was evident that this house held a secret that had yet to be revealed. As we approached the chaise lounge, the man's two young children, a boy and a girl, ran into the room, their faces contorted with anguish. No, but Daddy! The little girl cried out, her voice quivering with desperation. That's my favorite the boy exclaimed, clutching his chest in a dramatic display of distress. The sudden outburst of the children took us by surprise. It was as if they had an unspoken connection to the chaise lounge, something beyond a mere piece of furniture. We exchanged uncertain glances, wondering if there was more to this than met the eye. Nevertheless, we didn't want to cause any further distress, so we agreed to purchase the chaise lounge as initially planned. The husband seemed relieved, and he offered to help us carry the furniture out to our truck. My husband, trying to make polite small talk, decided to inquire about their upcoming move to Florida. So, you guys are moving to Florida. He began, but before he could finish his sentence, the husband's demeanor abruptly shifted. He silenced my husband with a stern finger to his lips and shook his head vehemently, his eyes darting nervously towards the children. It was clear that the kids were unaware of their impending move, and this revelation was not to be spoiled. We exchanged brief pleasantries, completed the transaction, and made our way back to the truck with the chaise lounge in tow. As we drove away from the picturesque suburban neighborhood, we couldn't shake the eerie feeling that something dark and mysterious lurked beneath the surface of that seemingly idyllic family home. What secrets were they keeping from their children? Why were the kids so attached to that particular piece of furniture? The enigmatic encounter left us with more questions than answers, and as we continued our journey, we couldn't help but wonder what other mysteries were hidden within the confines of that suburban house in Florida. When my husband and I first moved in together, we decided to get a few cheap furniture items from Craigslist. I browsed around and saw a pair of bedside tables that that woman was advertising that were gorgeous and in great condition. I messaged her, and she said to come and pick them up, and I could have them for free. I was shocked she would just give them away. She originally advertised them for $50, but now said she just wanted them gone. She was a bit far away, but we thought it would be fun to take a little road trip anyway, stop and look at the countryside on our way there. After a scenic four-hour drive, we got to the woman's house. We were both immediately overcome with a creepy feeling we could not explain. We joked about her being a serial killer before we got out of the car. Her house was falling apart. Her lawn was so overgrown you could barely see where her front yard was. And all around there were statues of human-animal hybrid creatures, like gargoyles almost. We walked up her garden path. A clearing amongst the tall grass and knocked on her door. While we are waiting I notice she has wind chimes on her deck made of steak knives. I nudge my husband and point them out to him and he just shrugs. Maybe she is into craft or something we thought. You've seen similar wind chimes done with spoons so it wasn't that weird but definitely not something you see every day. She wasn't answering the door so we knock on the door again but there is still no answer. My husband squinted and looked through the tiny glass pane on the door. He then made a strange face and suddenly said, let's go. My heart leaped into my throat, and we quickly made our way back through her creepy front yard and back into our car and drove away. I was so confused. I really wanted those tables, but I was also scared of what he had seen. I asked him what was wrong. He said that when he looked into the glass pane, he saw the woman staring back at him with a crazy smile. He said she was honestly the most frightening-looking person he had ever seen. I asked him why she was so scary-looking, and he said her eyes and mouth were so big they didn't look real. I'm scared to think of what she would have done to us if we hadn't left. Careful on Craigslist, kids. So the setting is 2015 my sister and I are home alone watching Craigslist horror stories on YouTube. A bit ironic, I know. Now for reference, I was 13 while my sister was 17, and having these watch parties had become something of a habit as it was our last year together before she went off to college. We lived in a safe neighborhood, and nothing had ever really happened at that point that would give us any reason to be anxious about being alone. Anyways, time goes on, and my sister suggests we order a pizza since she's starving. I'm not one to turn down a pizza, so I naturally agree, and we place an order at a local pizza place. We continue watching our videos for another 15-20 minutes before I step out to use the restroom. Just then, I hear the doorbell ring followed by my sister getting up to go answer it, so I carry on with my business with the assumption it was just the pizza. I'd say only two minutes had passed as I come back and realize my sister was still at the door talking with someone. I couldn't really make out what was being said, but I knew it was definitely a man's voice responding to her. As I go to see what's going on, my sister promptly shuts the door, pizza in hand. I initially assumed maybe there was just an issue with the payment, so I just tease my sister for taking so long and go sit down. I know, I know who thought a 13-year-old boy could be an oblivious asshole. It didn't take long for me to realize, though, that my sister wasn't eating, despite this whole thing being her idea, and even more so, she had a very nervous look on her face now and wasn't speaking much. I asked her what was up, and she proceeds to tell me that when she opened the door to greet the pizza guy, he looked at her as if he was checking her out, and followed up by giving her the most unsettling smile she's ever seen. She was just trying to get the pizza and go as we had already paid online, but the creep insisted on trying to make conversation with her. The man pretended to fumble around trying to get the pizza box out of his bag, all while asking very personal questions that he certainly had no business asking like how old she was and if she was alone. Now I admittedly thought she was just messing with me, I mean, stuff like that can never actually happen to people, you know, right? But nevertheless, it still left me feeling a bit anxious. We tried to enjoy the food and move on, and I'd say about an hour or two later, we had finally calmed down about the whole thing. Right as we were getting ready to clean up and go back to our own rooms, there's a knock at the door, a very loud and aggressive one at that. We share the same nervous look, Then hesitantly slip over to a window to see if we can get a look at whoever's knocking. Now I hadn't seen the guy, but my sister immediately recognized him as the pizza guy from before. We were contemplating calling the police, but the guy only knocked once or twice more before getting in his car and taking off way too fast down the road, almost like he knew if he continued he was more than likely going to end up in a lot of trouble. We made a round around the house making sure everything was locked up, and then waited for what felt like ages for our parents to finally get home. My sister told them about what happened, but our mom insisted we were just being dramatic, that we had just made ourselves nervous because of the videos we're always watching. While we both initially insisted on being serious, we eventually just gave up and tried to move on from the whole thing. We ordered from that place a few more times, but thankfully never saw that same delivery man again. Nothing else ever came of the situation, but I can't help but think about what could have happened if that creep had been just a bit more persistent. What if he had kept trying to get into the house? It accidentally left the door unlocked. I think his intentions were obvious, and I can only hope that his behavior has caught up with him and that he's somewhere getting the help that he most definitely needs. Edit. For those who may have read my other submission here, this encounter took place about a good year before that one, and is mostly why I refuse to ever bring that situation up with my family. This happened in the fall of 2014. I was 20 and recently widowed thanks to cancer. I was living with my parents again and was looking to get back out on my own. I had found roommates in the past from Craigslist, and it wasn't a problem for me. I never met any weirdos or anything. This time was a bit different. I met a guy we'll call Andrew. We texted for a few days, and he seemed normal. We even exchanged pics just for peace of mind. We decided to meet up, and he told me he didn't have a car. Red flag. How are you going to move out without a car? We don't live in a city with a very good bus line and it just seemed off to me. So, stupid me decides to pick him up later that day. He lived in the next town over, and we were just going to go to McDonald's and get to know each other. At 8pm, I start making my way to his house, which I come to find is in a trailer park. I finally fawn the right one, and he comes and gets in my car. Just looks like a normal 18-year-old kid, except he looked younger, in my opinion. Like 1617 he was Hispanic, and not bad looking. He did seem fidgety though. We get to McDonald's, and I'm like, so should we go in? To which he replies with, let's just sit in the parking lot. I found this odd, but whatever. We sit and chat and kind of get to know each other. I find out he works in the next town over. Keep in mind that is now two towns away from where I wanted to move, and he has no car. He says it won't be a problem. He starts looking around him as if he's super nervous. He asks about my dating life, and this is where it gets odd. I tell him about my husband, and he asks if I'd consider dating him so we could get a one-bedroom. He keeps talking about how I can cook for him and be his girl. At this point, alarm bells are ringing, but I keep my cool and laugh along, saying, "'Hey, you never know what could happen.'" I tell him I need to go home because it's getting late. I take him back home and we part ways without incident. He texted the next day, but I never replied. So that's my creepy Craigslist story. I probably won't use it to find any more roommates.